and welcome to the sanctuary a safe space to speak from the heart i'm your guest israel my guest today is asa jokure thank you for coming on the show today thank you for having me i'm so excited yeah uh i've been you know what actually i've been trying to get this to happen for a while and then COVID yes. happened <laughs> and then we pushed it back and then i'm doing through you know doing these virtual things so i was like oh man we have to make this happen so yeah how have you been i've been great uh since the last time we talked it was like i think last year definitely way before covid uh i've been doing a lot of things i i was at school at the time now i finished and i'm looking for a job now so yeah covid has been hard for people looking for a job right now so yeah yeah did you finish school before covid or finish during covid no, I finished before, so I was lucky. I finished like January 2020. Oh, yeah, because yeah. like March was the lockdown. How was mm-hmm. that for you, though? You know, you, you're done getting ready, you know, to start looking for work and just, you know, pretty much get the show on the road. And then we had this lockdown. How was that very first lockdown for you? So the first lockdown wasn't as bad for me, to be honest, because I had a job at the time. So it was just... Uh, just getting used to like working from home and all of this in the beginning like everyone else we only we thought it was like a two-week thing or maybe a month you know and mm-hmm. after we realized that it wasn't but yeah i just had to get used to working from home and it was like a transition from going from like a full-time student to not like a full-time worker that was the part that was a bit difficult but other than that it wasn't too bad but i think it got worse throughout the year so like from summer 2020 to now it was just painful yeah it has stuff. been what <laughs> yeah. what are some of the changes that you had to adapt to i mean apart from having to stay home yeah uh, i think that's the biggest thing to be honest having to stay home in my small apartment 24 7 because going to school and work were like the only main thing that were making me like go outside and then while i was outside i was like I would take advantage and do other things, you know. Mm-hmm. But now, working from home, having to stay home, it was really difficult. And with the winter, it was even worse because of winter depression and all of that. So, yeah, it was really hard. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't even imagine. But, you know, we'll come back to that. But I want to go way back, mm-hmm. you know, way back before you even moved to Canada. Yeah. Um, So, just from your last name, you know, initially when I saw your last name, I my guess was like, you're from Senegal or Cote d'Ivoire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, which one, which one? So, uh, and then I found out you're from Cote d'Ivoire, right? Yeah. Let me tell yeah. you the story then. So, yeah. you were thinking right. So, my dad is from Senegal. and he, Boom! Yeah, I know. <laughs> His grandparents moved to the Ivory Coast. And that's where, that's why I'm like from the Ivory Coast. Because like it's gotcha. from like three generations ago. Yeah. So, yeah. But technically, I'm from Senegal, yeah. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> so that's where the name I, comes from. <laughs> yeah, um, and how I guess that name is because, like, yes, many years ago, many years ago, uh, there was a book. There is a book. Um, it's called African Child. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you know this book, but anyway, it's, I think it's I've this, heard of it. Yeah, it's this guy. He's Senegalese, and he kind of wrote about him growing up in Senegal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it ends on him getting on the plane to France. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really, really good story. So that's actually, kind of you I... know, I think it was like one of the books that we had to like. Not yep. my generation. My sister had to read in school. Yep. Yeah. Yep, that, yeah. It, yeah. 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 That's yeah, the one. Exactly. <laughs> that's how I read it. It was one of the books I had to read in school. Yeah. Exactly. That's the exactly. one. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then it was for English, and they were asking mm-hmm. questions, but it was just a really good book. It was yeah. a really good book. So that's kind of how I knew about um that you might be from senegal because mm-hmm. there, like, there was a name there that sounds like the courier. i was like yeah. oh, cool. <laughs> so um how was it like gr- growing up in Cote d'Ivoire? it was it was great i love the Irish coast like now that i'm here and i kind of like compare both lives i'm so glad i got like to grow up in a country in africa you know it was why? great i was excuse me no like why uh i just love like the environment, the community, the people, you know. I the system in the Aricos is not the best, like in a lot of African countries, you know, for developing yourself or building a career and all of that. But other than that, like having my family there, my friends, again the community and the fact that Ivorian that's so proud to be Ivorian <laughs> is really cool as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like, you know, I don't know how much into football you are, like soccer. <laughs> I don't know how much into football you are, but like, there's this, um, uh, uh, well, rivalry, friendly rivalry between yes. Africans <laughs> and Nigeria when it comes to football. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I feel like being born in the Ivory Coast, you have to be into soccer, you know? Yep, you don't have a yep. choice. Yep, <laughs> so, yep, of yep. course, I am. <laughs> and, of course, we're better than Nigeria. But it's okay. See, that okay. is, you know what, like, that is just, you know, I think it's some teams. Like, there was there was a great Ivory Coast team years ago. Yeah. When, then they kind of just it got it got worse i won't lie that's so true it got worse because like i remember when i was younger like we would even get like days off for soccer and stuff at school just to go watch the team if we win that's like two days off from school and work like (laughs) but yeah i remember like he's being way better when i was younger and now i'm like i lost interest because i don't know like they weren't they weren't that great and i was tired of them losing <laughs> yeah exactly i remember yeah. when uh you know Cordova had a uh drug bar mm-hmm, yeah oh that was my like god <laughs> the top of the top <laughs> yeah 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 it's so good i it's know so good. um and then so what like influenced you deciding to move to Canada, because like I'm used to most people moving from like Senegal or Cote d'Ivoire going to France. Yeah, yeah, like most of my friends. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. most of my friends like moved to Europe, like mostly France or other countries for school. For me, I just really wanted to go like somewhere where they didn't speak French, so I wanted to learn like another another language, and English was like the best option because it's like the most spoken language in the world so i definitely wanted to go somewhere where they spoke english now like the Mm. two main countries i was thinking about were canada and the u.s thank god i chose (laughs) i chose canada (laughs) because i don't know where i would have been now (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) so yeah so that's basically why i chose to come here like far away from everyone and Mm. uh, so i chose canada but I 
didn't know anything about the country, didn't know anything like about where to go and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I just, me and my dad went to like an agency where they place like students in different schools and stuff. So that's how I ended up in Halifax. Oh, because yeah. like, uh, but like, have you been to Quebec? Like, yeah, I have. Yeah, I went to like the major cities like Toronto, um, Quebec City. Did I go to Quebec City? I think o- Ottawa and all these, but not like the West Coast, not yet. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's like a long ass flight to go there, man. Yeah, I know. God it's crazy. It. Like, like the country is huge. Like why? Yeah. <laughs> like you would sit down, like you know, you'd fly to different countries and you still, you still have the distance between here and yeah. Vancouver. From one coast to the other, it's crazy. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's why it's so um, expensive to like travel like we were here. Exactly. Oh <laughs> frick! Oh exactly, exactly. Especially if you have to kind of fly like like it's say you have an emergency because mm-hmm. if you have like weeks and weeks to plan, maybe you might get a deal. But yeah, if you have like a week or days, yeah. Yeah, shit out of luck. Yeah. So, um, you you moved here to study, and what did you decide to study? So I studied environmental science. So I was always interested in renewable energy since I was like thirteen, fourteen. I think that's when like I first learned about it. It was like through a school project. So after I was like, oh, that's great. I want to get involved in the industry. So that's why I continued like thinking about it. So I was like before taking care of the environment. I kind of have to learn how it works first. So that's mm-hmm. why I studied environmental science. And it was a great program because we kind of like touch on everything. We did like geology, geography. We studied like water samples, like soil samples. Like we touch on everything. So That is why I'm shaking my head because I like... <laughs> That's so much studying, man. <laughs> like, you know, you have to know what rock patterns are. I like, know. It was, oh, my God. It was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but w- here's one for you, though. You know, based on all these things, you know, on, on what you've studied in the years you were studying environmental science and now you're done, um, how do you feel when people say, like, climate change is not real? It's funny <laughs> because <laughs> we talk about people like that in class and stuff because um, most people that try to justify it say that, oh, like the world like has been through that before. The earth has been through that before. So it's just like natural. It's just a natural process. But what they try, they don't understand is that this time it wasn't just the earth transforming itself on, a, like, on its natural course. It was us pushing the earth into doing that you know so that's the difference that's why it's not good basically and it's just it's just funny because there's always gonna be like people not like conspiracy theorists and all that people not trusting science or the government and all you know but people have to realize that science and the government are not the same thing so they have to make the difference you know and yeah. I, I believe in science, so I believe most of the things that are out there that are science-based. So, yeah. yeah it's, it's fu- exactly. It's also funny to me because people that do the, you know, like, oh, man, the climate is shit. It's not, you know, climate change is a lie and stuff. Mm-hmm. They are doing it on stuff that was created using science. Your phone, your laptop, yeah. all that stuff is science. So, are you choosing the different signs you are believing? Like, yeah. oh, I like the signs that built my computer, but no, I don't like the one that says I'm messing up. Exactly. Oh, make up your mind. Anyway, so um, how how was like you know which school did you go to? Saint Mary's. And how was that experience? 
it was great because again I had no idea about the school before I came here it was just everything was just a first experience for me when I came here but St. Mary's was great because there's so many international students from like all over the place and a lot of black students as well so that was great to get like, involved in like the Caribbean society, the African society, and all that. I met a lot of great people. So I really liked that aspect. And also the fact that it's a small school. So mm-hmm. like most of my classes, especially for my degree, most of my classes were re- really small. So it was like kind of like, in the beginning, I didn't like it because I thought it was really invasive because I'm really mm-hmm. shy sometimes. <laughs> but then like as the year went through and I was going like, I had the same people in my class. It was like kind of... Um, fun because I already knew them from like the previous years and like I kind of had the same professors and all so it was cool I liked it yeah Yeah. and like what what were some of the fun things you did because you know you could have been just studying all through (laughs) yeah (laughs) I don't know I really like the parties like (laughs) the the school parties and stuff they were really fun especially the Caribbean parties they were top tiers Yeah, they were my favorite, but um, other than that, like, I don't know, again, meeting people from, like, different backgrounds and stuff, because being in the Ivory Coast, there's not as much, like, international people, so coming here and being, like, uh, involved in different cultures, learning about different cultures, it's great. I love learning about different cultures and, like, um, kind of people breaking the stereotypes about their cultures, I love that. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, that's great so um you know you do the school thing you know you do that but one thing you also did was all you know still do is modeling yeah 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 so let's talk about that a bit how did that happen how did you get into it what is the story there so for modeling it was like i think it was my second year when i moved here i was i always like like I always wanted to try modeling, so I was like, that's a great idea, I'm here, I need a new hobby, so might as well. So how I started is that I started just, like, myself contacting ph- photographers around the city and be like, hey, want to work with mm-hmm. me? I don't have any experience, please take my photos. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's how I started, like, just, like, messaging a bunch of people and starting, like, with new photographers and then, like, working my way to other photographers and then I met Solitha from Soli Production and I worked with her. Solitha is awesome. I know she's so great. (laughs) She is a great model and a great like model trainer. I don't know how you call them. But yeah, um like practicing with her and all that was great. And after that I did um like Halifax Fashion Week and then I also worked with City Models. And what do you like about modeling? Uh, I just like being in front of the camera, to be honest. Just like learning. (laughs) (laughs) I really do. (laughs) I know like most of the time I'm like introverted and shy and stuff. But I just Mm -hmm. like being in front of the camera. Just like learning to pose and stuff like that. But um, also the problem with uh, modeling here in Halifax is that uh it's really colorist i won't lie just there's a lot of um makeup artists that can like do my makeup properly even there's not a lot of photographers that can like edit my photos properly because i would look like ashy or weird on the photos like i swear in the beginning i'm (laughs) so lucky i had like a high self-esteem because some of the photos i look at them and i'm like 
oh my god no yeah. i don't i do not want to see that out there in the world yeah. like yeah. my face will be like ashy mm. because they don't have like makeup for me this mm. photographer to like fuck up my photos and stuff but I'm, i don't know i kept going because i wanted better results because i think in the beginning i thought it was like just me because i wasn't a great model i know i'm not the best model out there but i think it wasn't only me but <laughs> yeah and um i was doing it because it was fun yeah i liked it but i'm doing it less now um because i didn't really have a lot of time while i was going through school and stuff to do it and now I'm just i don't know i lost interest a bit now but yeah mm, mm. Uh, and then i guess do you you know even though you've lost interest in it but how was let's talk about the atlantic fashion week how did you get you know into that show what was the process prepping for it how did it go so atlantic fashion week is great i loved it i went there twice so i think it was 2018 and 2019 um i went to the casting we just have to like go do a walk and stuff with a picture and see if you get selected and see what uh the designer that will select you mm. so yeah i went there the first time it was like so nerve-wracking because it was all these oh, like no. great photos great photographer and model that i've been like following on instagram and all mm. that were there so i was like so stressed oh, but it went no. well <laughs> yeah okay. it went well because like i i don't remember how many designers um picked me for the show but a couple so it was fun being backstage it was like hectic like having to like run around change go to another walk it was cool it was fun so and, like yeah go on mm-hmm. oh yeah i was just gonna say it was just a lot of fun yeah um I but like you know answer. good thing you mentioned the behind the scenes thing because i'm thinking like if you work for more than like one designer would you finish everything with one designer then you go to the next designer or how how does that work so when you walk for like if you have like two designers back to back i think it happened to me like a couple of times what they would do is that i know it was stressful but they would put like they would put you first so that you have time to go change oh. and sometimes they won't let you do the finale just so you can go to the other one so that's how yeah. they would like time it but sometimes if there's like a break in between that's great you can do the finale and just run back change and then go to the to the other one uh hmm, yeah well definitely you know because like, I, you know, I, I keep wondering like you know behind them must be like a crazy madhouse of like clothes flying everywhere <laughs> people trying to find shoes and, and stuff like that so um what do you love i mean apart from the fact that you had that experience uh, you know, finding out about the environments and then studying environmental science. But like, why is, uh, I guess, preserving the environment uh, important to you? I just, I just really like the environment. And I think since I was younger, I always thought like, wow, there's this great thing around us that's like, that we're destroying and not taking care of and we mm. wouldn't be anything without it. Like what's happening? <laughs> like why mm. isn't everyone like trying to like, work toward protecting the environment right that's how mm-hmm. i've always been feeling since i was like younger mm. so i always kind of knew i wanted to get involved in something to do with protecting the environment for sure but mm-hmm. it's just i just need to know where to go with that mm. Mm. 
Mm. Okay. One other thing. Uh, well, let's go back to Instagram. So Instagram, you know, you put up photos. How do you handle, I guess, the follow followership, like the followership you have, the number, huge numbers you have one? And do you ever get like weird messages? Oh, all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I now less now because I have my account on private, so I even mm. have like less followers and stuff. I think because I don't care about it as much. I used to like care care about it a lot, but not in like a toxic way. Like, oh my god, I had to have followers, but just because it was fun for me, like taking photos, posting them, like following people. You know, just like. Instagram was fun for me, you know, mm -hmm. so that's how I like build up my followers and just creepy messages every day all day <laughs> Like people sending like weird messages like the fake sugar daddies and all of that Yeah, but I think like I found um, like a trick to block people from adding you in weird groups as well That's also oh. a thing, you know, like how the bot they have like bots that had add you in like groups and be like, oh Come look at my photos and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, I found a way to block that too. So that's great. And How now, do you do that? I think you have to go in your setting and then message and then like people have to the only the people you follow can add you in a group oh, instead of just like anyone. Anyone you can, like, okay. Like that. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, I'll be sure to to do that because like <laughs> um, one thing I've noticed like especially when I'm putting up a post for a podcast or like for a film or something, I just get it right away, oh, we'll market your thing, we have four yeah. I'm like, I know, what it's is so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, also like the fake account, they'll be like, oh, we're looking for an influencer, do you message me? I'm like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also now, I think I'm, I put my account on private and stopped doing Instagram stuff and stuff because I think like I was scared of people not taking me seriously in like the working world for when I was start like in the professional world I should say for mm -hmm. when I was start like looking for a job and stuff because mm. um, there's already the fact that I'm like black and people are already judging me based on that so I mm. didn't want to give them like another opportunity to judge me. In a bad way so i don't know so that's why i put like my account on private and stuff because i was yeah that is that actually <laughs> something yeah no 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 that's that's a one thing i want to touch you know being black coming from africa living here uh like you know canada it's, it's great but like have you had some negative experiences um just based on you being black um i haven't had any like open like direct aggressive like racism toward me you know like the old-time racism where people would be like get out of here and stuff go back to your country i mm -hmm. haven't had that well not like right to my face anyways but i have people like crossing the road and stuff or like you know not walking beside me because i'm mm. black and stuff um I, i'd say i experience a lot of colorism especially in like again the modeling industry um people not being used to working with black model but specifically mm. dark skin model because like not only am i black but i'm also dark skin so there's racism from other race but there's also colorism in my own like you know race. you are not light-skinned yeah you know. yeah 
yeah so there's also that so i've been experiencing colorism since even back in africa like people saying i'm too dark and stuff like that so that's something that i'm already used to kind of so coming here it was nothing new to me mm-hmm. so i guess you know even though you had that experience back in ivory coast the moving here you're in a way immune to it but how do you navigate it when you sense that you know you're being treated a certain way because you are seen as dark skin black etc i really used to like ignore it because you'll be like really subtle because nowadays like racism is not just again just people telling you go back to your country or like you black you don't belong here it's really mm-hmm. subtle like people not including you in things or people expecting you to act a certain way just because you're black you know mm-hmm. and then they will be like shocked that you don't act a certain way and also yeah i've experienced a lot of that and i used to just ignore it because it'll be like i don't know it's not worth my time i shouldn't you know pay attention to it because at the end of the day it's gonna like affect me more than them if i like think about it too much but now i think it's important to like talk about it and call people out because Mm. They've been, you know, living in this life where when they were doing all of this, people would just ignore it and all. But now I think it's important to just speak up about it. This thing, um, another thing, talking of your Instagram, there's a link there. Okay, and my French, well, obviously I'm not French, but it's Les Amis d'Enfant. Is that, yeah. is that? Yeah, okay, so, <laughs> so tell me tell me a bit about that like uh what is it how did it come about so for that it's an organization that my friend and i created so it is an organization for kids in the ivory coast especially in rural areas we're just trying to help them out give them a good time and also show them that there are people out there that are there for them especially orphan as well so we had one event um in 2019 yes in december 2019 so like a christmas event for mm. orphans in a small village called Undufukoko. so that's where my mom's family comes from okay yeah so we went there we had this event for the orphans. wait you were there yeah i was there yeah oh wow yeah, I went there. We had it was great. It was just really fun. We had we planned for fifty kids in the beginning, but then by the end we had enough money for like a hundred kids. That which is was awesome. great. I know mm. there was a lot of kids there. We gave them gifts and food and all of this. We had it was like a party. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was great. We were thinking about doing another event. Uh, in last year, but unfortunately, COVID. Yeah, exactly. COVID, COVID, COVID. <laughs> COVID, yeah. So we're thinking about doing something else. So we again, my high school friend came up to me, my best friend, and she had this idea. She always like, she always talk about like doing something like that, like helping kids and like have an organization. So when she came with me, she came to me with the idea. I was. I was really excited. I was like, yeah, of course, I'm going to be part of it. Mm. So we started, like, organizing it only, like, 
two months before the actual event. It was what? Just, yeah. <laughs> so we had yeah, like, when you started planning for the event, were you here or in, in Ivory Coast? No, I was here when we started planning. I was okay. working, going to school, and had to plan that while that being here. That is insane. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And she, my friend is in the... Uh, is She lives in France, sorry. And two I other told of you. my... Yeah, <laughs> they all go to France. They all yeah. go to France. Yeah, okay. I know, and uh, the two other friends that are also involved in it are in the Ivory Coast, so that's how we okay. were like organizing it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's really thoughtful. And mm -hmm. why is it important for you to? You know, I know your friend came to meet you with the idea, but why is it important to set someone like that up? And um, how do you feel that now it's up and running? I love the fact that it's up and running. Like, I'm so proud of us for doing that. Mm -hmm. And I accept it because I always wanted to give back somehow. And I didn't know how. And on my own, I didn't really know how, other than, like, donating every year and stuff. Mm -hmm. So when she came up to me with that, I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And I love helping, especially kids. Like, they don't have, especially these kids, they don't have anyone to look after them. They don't have... I don't know. They don't really have anything. So mm. just giving them this hope that there are people out there that are thinking about you, that are there for you, that you can, I don't know, look up to if you want to. You know, mm. just giving them this hope. That's really why I got involved. And what does Leza mean then for me? It means the children's friend. So now, I mean, with COVID, um, I guess, how are you guys pivoting the idea you had for last year? Like, what are you changing to, or do you have anything planned? Yeah, so we, we were going to do the same type of, like the same style of event that we did in 2019 that's what we're gonna do in 2020 as well so like do the uh like donation online and then go back to the articles for the event mm. but i think what we are trying to do this year if we have anything happening this year or next would be to we're really looking for other organizations to collaborate with so either organization here in france or even in the ivory coast that we can work with that would be great and i think the the other ideas that we we're thinking about were to like revamp a school so maybe like repaint and like change the like furnitures and all of that that's mm. one of the things that we were thinking about so again in a rural area and yeah. the other thing was to donate to um to a small clinic in a village so these are the two ideas that we have but we are again looking for people to collaborate with to do that yeah, no, it's really important. It's really important what you're doing and um, how you are taking all these things that you're passionate about and you're focusing on helping people that are uh, less fortunate. So thank you to you and your friends for setting up that and, and helping those kids. Yeah. And also okay. I'm trying to... Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I'm trying ahead. to include like a more environmental side of it. So not just having the like a party for the kids, we're also trying to educate them about the environment and, and its importance because mm -hmm. it starts with the kids, right? Like when we are gone, they're the ones that are going to be here. So I think we need to teach them early that the environment is important. Like yeah. I knew from when I was like way younger that we need to take care of the environment somehow. Mm -hmm. So 
I want to transfer that to those kids. That is awesome. Um, you know what? I, I want to keep this going, but um, slowly running out of time. I want to end it with this question, though. Um, with, you know, you're pretty much being driven, even as a kid, from, okay, the environment is something that's important, and that's kind of been a train thread to, through your life pretty much to what you studied in school to now like the type of jobs you're looking for to actually impacting the imparting the knowledge you've uh you have to these children that are part of this organization um how do you keep that passion alive it's hard i won't lie <laughs> it's really hard especially now that i'm like looking for a job in the industry and i can't find it it's kind of like I don't know, for a moment I felt like I didn't belong because I couldn't find a job in the industry. So that was kind of like depressing, <laughs> to be honest. But, and sometimes as well, when I kind of not lose the passion, but like get, you know, not that passionate about it, it's when I feel like there's so many people out there that know so much more than me. So like, am I really passionate about it? If I don't know every little thing about the environment, you know, that's how I used to think. And then now I'm like, just the fact that I love the environment and want to take care of it should be enough. You know, I don't have to like, I already have a degree, you know, that I like know that much. But I think I used to believe that you have to do like, huge things for you to be considered like passionate or involved in all of that but i think just having just loving what you do and doing like small things every day to protect the mm. environment or to learn or to educate yourself is enough no man thank you for that and and my grandma always say something every little bit counts right you know yeah. and you start small you add but if you mm -hmm. keep adding to it it becomes bigger as time goes so yeah, exactly. yeah every little bit counts Man, Asa, thank you so much for coming on thank the show you. and sharing. It was so much and, fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I had a great time. Um, um, like you know, I'm thinking, okay, uh, once things, once you know, you have things in motion for uh, Les Amis de Enfant, it would be mm -hmm. great to have you come back to talk about how things are going on that end. Yes, definitely, yeah. We're looking again to, we're trying to do something this year, if not next year, but I would definitely mm. let, you, let you know. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.